Tonight we'll spend just a minute thinking about and meditating on Psalm 122. We sang it before. Uh, that was a paraphrase, pretty close paraphrase to what I'll read to you now, but I'll read it to you again so you can get the psalm in your mind and heart. The psalmist David says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. And our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. To praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There, there stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. This is the word of our God. You know, this is um, a really pretty familiar hymn, at least, or psalm, at least the first line. You maybe at one point had in some school classroom or church wall a, a poster with those verse. I rejoice with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And maybe that's one of those things that you've said to people when you got to church. Or maybe something even a pastor has said when you got to church. I'm so glad you're here. I rejoiced with those who said, who came, let's go to the house of the Lord. It's a familiar song. And yet, what I want to do with you this evening is challenge you to think, this is certainly a psalm about church, about the gathering that we do on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Sundays and Mondays. It's certainly a psalm that makes jo- gives us great joy to think about what happens now or at times like now. But this evening, I want to challenge you to think about this psalm. And this psalm is not just about worship experiences, these moments where we're this moment of time. And I, I think one of the things when we talk about church and when we think about worship, we, we narrow it down. Like, like church is a place. It is a place. But, it, you know, we talk about church like it's the corner of 60th and Hampton, like that's church. And that's true. This is our church. This is our, the gathering of God's people. But I think it's more than that. And we talk about worship as if it were a time frame, like it's the, the 45 minutes on a Wednesday night or, or a 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. We can't say hour here anymore. <laughs> we, 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 we narrow down church to a place and a period of time. And what I want to do with you as we look at Psalm 122 is say it's bigger than that. It is that, but it's more than that. And I, I want to do that with you in, 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 in three ways. Three ways. Uh, the first is, I want to tell you a story. It's kind of imaginative, but it's based in the scriptures. I want to tell you the story and help you imagine what this journey to Jerusalem was like through Joseph and Mary and Jesus when he was 12. You maybe know that account, Luke chapter 2, um, where Jesus, Jesus goes with his parents to Jerusalem. I want you to imagine that pilgrimage and imagine them singing or meditating on Psalm 122, making it part of their journey as they want. So I first want to imagine Psalm 122 through Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And, and then I want to bring that story into present day and imagine, like, what is it like for us as we make our way to church? Tell you a story not of caravans, but maybe of minivans. Um, and, then, and then just in case the stories don't make the point, I'll just very briefly kind of, sh- like these are some of the key things that I hope come out of the stories as we do that. Does that make sense? 
Let's, let's pray and ask God to bless that. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together. Um, it's so good to be together with your people, to be together with you, to, with your word as the heartbeat for our gathering. Uh, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let it all be pleasing in your sight. God, you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you have to start with me in Nazareth. Jesus was there in Nazareth. It was his parents, Mary, Joseph. He would be called Nazarene. And, and just imagine as a setting for this, it's a very early morning. That's how most long trips begin, early in the morning. And, and of course, Mary and Joseph, they've been up for a while because they just got to make final preparations for the trip. But this is what parents do. They leave their kids asleep until the last possible second. You know, you get everything into the car and then you hope you can kind of like get them into the car seat without waking them up. Mary and Joseph, they were, they were actually done with all the preparations and they were just catching a deep breath before the, the first day's journey began. And, and then there was a knock at the door and Joseph knew what that was. That was his buddy from down the street who was coming to say, okay guys, it's, it's time to go. Mary signaled, Joseph signaled Mary and Mary and Joseph. They started to wake up their kids. Jesus was among them. And the kids started to get ready and get dressed for the day. And then they headed out into the street. And just try to imagine with me the streets of Nazareth. Just, it's early morning before the sun's even come up and it's just bustling with people. Maybe a little bit like the mall at Christmas. I don't think people go to malls anymore, but if they did, back when I was a kid, we went to the mall and it was crazy. And what was really cool for Joseph as he walked into the street with his family with all their things and all their provisions for the journey is all these people, they were all going together to the same place. Later on that night, he would say to Mary, Mary, my heart was so happy and joyful. I rejoiced because all these people, we were all going up to God's house together. And so they got in this long caravan of pilgrimage people, of sojourners making their way down toward Jerusalem, or rather up eventually, up that hill to the city. And if Google Earth had taken a photo of the landscape, you might see something like a bunch of ants, just people kind of joining in along the way. All these pilgrims going up to Jerusalem, all these pilgrims making their way up to the house of God. An annual trip, kind of like our Christmas. Mary and Joseph, every night, they, they would just lay awake and talk and kind of remember together what it was like when they were kids. You know, remember when you were a kid and grandma did this and grandpa did that on the trip? And they'd talk about maybe the weather and all the other things. And as they did that, and they, all of a sudden, the crowd of those who were going to Jerusalem got a little bit bigger. Because now it wasn't just the living who were traveling with them. They were connected to the saints triumphant who were traveling with them too. All of them traveling up to the house, Lord. All of them traveling together. It was a wonderful thing. Mary and Joseph, they didn't even worry about their kids after a while. Because they looked around them and all they saw was family, the tribes of Israel. And maybe they were family by blood or maybe it was just family by faith. But, but when they got together with God's people, they didn't even think about their kids anymore until it was time to go. 
eventually Mary and Joseph, they made it to Jerusalem. They got to the city gates. And just imagine the threshold of the Jerusalem city gates. As they got to the city gates, Joseph just stopped for a minute. And he took a deep breath because he was there. And it wasn't so much the walls that were impressive, though the walls were thick and impressive and mighty and protecting. It was that there, God was present and represented there for him. It was there that Joseph could bring all of his cares, all of the, the things that worried him, all the things that upset him, because God was on his throne. The son of David was ruling. And David was coming to him, or jo Joseph was coming to him. He breathed a sigh of relief because he was safe with his God. And he, and he looked up at the arch over his head and he thought about all the other people who passed under that arch too. Uh, again, remembering the tribes of Israel, all of them coming into this place to be with God. And all he could do as he walked in is pray. Lord, give peace to your people. Keep them safe from their enemies. Keep them safe from death. Keep them safe from hell. Give peace. Get, let them be protected in this city. Not so much the city, but God, you are the refuge and strength of your people. He prayed a prayer for his people that everyone who entered there would find refuge there and be safe there. Now, what if instead of thinking about caravans, we thought about, thought about minivans? Oh, forgive me if this hits too close to home. <laughs> Every Sunday morning is a chore for him because he knows that as soon as it's time to get the kids up for church, it will be a war. He's got a high schooler who almost every week it's like, do I have to go? It's so boring, Dad. Just doesn't want to go. You can't make me believe. Yes, you're going to church. He knew it was going to be a war. And, and he knew that the little ones, he had little ones too, he had a high schooler and he had little kids too, he knew that the little ones were going to try his patience. So sometimes he wondered, uh, he and his wife wondered why they went to church because they didn't really hear the sermon. Too busy wrestling with little people next to them, trying to keep them engaged and entertained when the pastor, while the pastor drones on. But he knew it mattered and he knew it was worth it. And so when the time came, he woke his wife up. He let her sleep in. And he said, it's time. And, and they got their kids ready for church. It was a great morning. Was, you know, one of those mornings is apparently like, yes, every, all the wheels are greased and everything goes just the way you want it to go. You're actually early for Club 516 or Sunday school. And you get to church, you're, you're, there's peace in the van, you're happy to be going to church, you're looking forward to the people that you'll see there. And you get to church and you open the doors of the minivan and before you can say, hold my hand, your kids are off because they know who's inside. Your, your high school, Mount Lebanon, the high schoolers hide in the back of the balcony. Maybe that's to hide from parents or maybe that's because of where their people are. Now, the little people are off to their Sunday school classrooms to hang out with their friends and, and you're looking for a cup of coffee and the people whom you love. 
And, and you walk into church and you're just happy to be here. I rejoice with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And you'll enjoy maybe a little bit of Bible study, maybe a little bit of prayer, maybe a little bit of conversation, just catching up on the week that's happened. And, and then you come, imagine, be very, imagine Mount Lebanon for a minute, because that's where we are. You come to the entryway to the sanctuary, the church, and he stopped there. That's what he did. He stopped there. And he said a prayer of thanks. Because here he was coming into God's presence to bring his prayers to the seat of David, to the David's high, to God's high throne, to bring his concerns, his prayers and worries. It's not that God was absent other places, like this is the only place where you can pray. But this was a place where he could do that in a special, a different way, perhaps. And he looked up and he thought about all the Mount, Lebanon, Le, Mount Lebanese. Is that the right word? Am I saying that right? Right? All the Mount Lebanese who had come through those doors before him. Now, before, it wasn't up the ramp. It was up those eight steps, six steps. They had come up those stairs for years before. And he, and, he, and he said a prayer of thanks because when he came into this place, he knew that he was connected to them, to, to saints who had sat in these pews and filled these pews. And, and then he said a prayer for peace, that everyone who come, came here would have peace, the peace of sins forgiven, the, the peace of connection to God's people that's bigger than them, the, the peace of burdens cast on the Lord, that there would be peace from God within these walls. And he's left that morning and got back into his minivan and took his family home. He said another prayer of thanks because he knew there were people who weren't here, yet they were people who also believed in the same God, who brought their prayers before the son of David, the greater son of David, I mean, cast all their cares on him. He rejoiced in all those who found in God their refuge and strength, who found their peace in him. I hope as I've told those two stories that perhaps you've been able to think a little bit about Psalm 122 and about the church, but let me just say a couple of things very briefly. Um, I don't expect you to remember these things, but perhaps it'll, one, one of the things will stick. The first one is, when we think about going to God's house, we go to the place where God is to be found. And God is certainly to be found here, right? Word and sacrament, it's here. God himself is present, right? We sing it. Maybe not as often as we should, right? We, we go to the place where God is to be found, and he, God is certainly here among us through word and sacrament. And God is also at home on your couch when you open up the Bible to read with your spouse or your kids. And God is with you at the kitchen table when you read your devotions and offer up your personal prayers to your God. God is with you in the minivan or the coupe or the sedan or whatever you happen to drive. 
as you, as you pray on the way to work, as, as you lift up your cares to the God, you're, you're going up to Him with your prayers. So as you pray, as you think of Psalm 122, we don't just think about going to church. It's bigger than that. I rejoice with those who go to find God where God promises to be. Word and sacrament, and we get to go to Him in prayer. The second thing is, this, and I suppose I've been hinting at this all along, it's, it's bigger than church. Right? This, this whole thing, when we talk about going to God, going to the house of God, it's bigger than these four walls. It's bigger than this space and it's bigger than this time. It's, it's God's people. And, and dare I say, beyond denominational lines, Dare I say, well, this, um, this is not a dare. This is, this is not so dangerous. It's beyond the grave, right? right? This, this church, those who rejoice to go to the house of the Lord, go before God. This is the saints, militant and triumphant, living and dead, living and not yet raised, right? It's God's people beyond time and space, so we're connected to Abraham and Mary and Joseph and Jesus and Paul and all the saints who sat here and all the saints who sit in other churches like this one. All those who believe in Jesus. This is, when we talk about rejoicing with, those who, rejoicing with those who go to the house of the Lord, it's, it's bigger than us. Can you see the crowd of witnesses? What else was I going to say? Oh, that's it. Because it's bigger than us, there's a lot of travelers. Uh, parents, parents, this is just an amazing thing to me. Parent, parents can maybe relate to this more than the people without kids now. But you realize when we're together, you don't worry about your kids? I, I don't, it's fun for me to greet people at the back of church after church. And you just see kids running by. And the parents are somewhere over here. And they're like, did you see, so, did you see Phineas? Yeah, he ran by here a while ago. I hope he didn't run outside. No, I didn't go outside. Right, when we're to, like, together, right, there's, there's something, there, there's so many of us when you think about it that way. And when it's bigger than us, the, the crowd is huge. And there's safety in numbers. Maybe that's a weird way to say it. But here we are as God's people, all of us together, journeying together. There's strength for the journey. There's encouragement for the journey. When we're tired, there's somebody else next to us. There's somebody to help, watch us, help us watch our kids. There's somebody to help keep an eye on us. Right? There's this, this body of believers. And, and so finally, don't forget to pray. That last little section of the psalm is really a, is, seems a little bit more like an exhortation. Pray. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for, and when you hear Jerusalem, think not of the place, but of the heavenly Jerusalem. Pray for Jerusalem, the people of God. Pray for their peace. Pray for their security. Pray, pray that God would guard them and keep them and shelter them. Pray that God would forgive them and awaken faith in them and keep 
faith in them. Pray, pray all those things for the people of God that, that are within the walls, not brick and mortar, within the walls of the church we call holy and Christian, within the walls of the church we call the communion of saints, within the, the walls of the church we call holy and invisible, hidden. We're part of that. See, when the psalmist says, I rejoice with those who said, let's go to the house of the Lord, I think he was thinking about us and about generations yet to come, about all those, that great crowd of saints who are going to make their way to meet and to be with God. May God keep all of you as you keep on journeying toward him with all of us. Amen?